When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. Here's your host, Tom Bourne. Hi, and welcome to Health and Safety Conversations. I'm your host, Tom Bourne, and with me today is the absolutely marvellous Elisa Lynch. Lisa, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Tom. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Ah, I don't know why I'm so happy. It's probably just the pre, <laughs> pre-conversation we had before. Oh, dear. All right, Elisa, I brought you on because you're wildly popular. How's that? <laughs> You're on a podcast I saw and I, I went, oh, my God, someone who can speak coherently, put together ideas, is entertaining and is in safety all at once. It's it's kind of the unheard combination. Does that make you the unicorn of work, health and safety? It makes me wildly uncomfortable. I'm not good with compliments, Tom, but thank you very much for saying so. Yeah, I don't know. I I think there's, there's a few people who are good cracking safety. They're just not very out there. Yeah. But they are few and far between, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I had a compliment today. I've got to tell you about this. I've got to tell you about Go it. Go on. I, I think I've been called every name under the sun, both complimentary and otherwise, in my in my well long life, we'll say. But I got some feedback today and it said, Tom, the goat of work health and safety. <laughs> You're oh. done with the cool kids now, Tom. Oh dear. I, I, I want to frame that somewhere, I think. But someone said to me, you should change it on LinkedIn. And I said, uh, calling yourself the goat. Mm, you can't mate. call yourself the coach. No, no. 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 All right. Now, Elisa, for those who don't know you, poor souls yet, can you tell us a little bit about your history, where you've been, how you got into safety and where you're currently at? Okay, so my history and how I got into safety. So I was living in Australia. I moved over to Australia when I was about 20, went for a year, not a career, all that jazz. And I ended up over there for about nine years and did the typical backpacking thing. 
and ended up doing traffic control and went from traffic control and kind of moved up the ranks to like charge hand team leader all that and then into a management role and I kind of had hit the ceiling there and then quite a few Irish women I knew actually had done the whole well you can just kind of sidestep over into safety and so which seemed like really logical at the time even though I've said it to other people since and they're like that's not very logical at all but <laughs> to us it was so yeah so I, I so I did my diploma and got a job in construction safety in Sydney and that's kind of where it started uh, that was probably around 2013 2014 and yeah I've had kind of various different safety roles since if you've heard me talk on other podcasts I tried to get out of safety for a while and then couldn't so I was like okay I'll just stay here then <laughs> and try and make it a bit more crack and and yeah and so about five years ago I'd say I moved back home to Ireland because Australia is fabulous it's just too far away Mm. And so moved back home and yeah, dabbling construction safety here since. And then just under a year ago, then I moved to K4 consultancy in an organizational learning and performance type role. So it's kind of safety adjacent. But yeah, that's me. That's it. Very good. Very good. How'd you, how did you find traffic control? I We get a lot of nonsense here in certain <laughs> social media that traffic control it's the easiest job in the world you you know you twiddle the lollipop and you get paid huge money is it mm -hmm. really like that some days yeah no you do get paid great money mm -hmm. however like it can be so boring that your brains leak out your ears like it's you know and people are really keen to like take photos of traffic controllers on the side of the road facing the wrong direction for like a fucking millisecond and be like they're not paying attention it's like she's probably been standing there for like nine hours so how about go fuck yourself like it's it's a it can be a difficult enough job in that sense but also if you get it I think it depends on the scenario of traffic control as well like it's it's very different doing highway traffic control or in inner city traffic control or traffic control where we'll say if they're trenching on footpaths or things like that where if you get a really good crew of of traffic controllers who get into a flow of what the work crew is doing, you can get to a point where you know where the jib of the machine is going to swing before it swings there. Like, so you get into a real good flow mm -hmm. and that's why good traffic controllers get paid really good money. You will have certain crews who will request them specifically because they don't have to worry about it. They know the pedestrians are looked after. They know the signage is upright. They know that the person is going to be all over it all day. So yeah, there's, it varies, I guess. Yeah. Any any close calls in traffic control with the, the traffic or the public? I've you'd have a few with with more so pedestrians than actual vehicles. The vehicles seem to be okay, mm -hmm. uh, but like I do recall one woman. I was in I was in I think it was Stratfield yep. in Sydney, and it was like my first week, and I had my little tiger bars set up and all my cones. I'm like, this is my pedestrian route, and I was delighted with myself. And this woman came along with a toddler, picked him up climbed over the barriers and ran along the side of the trench and I was like what the fuck like blew my mind I don't know what came over her did she just kind of see something in panic and just didn't understand what I was asking her to do which was follow the signs but yeah I remember just the foreman down the other end of the site screaming up the road at me of like what the fuck I was like oh my god like unless I literally robbie tackle this woman to the ground she is not going to go where I want her to go no. yeah look I 
I think she probably did know. I mean, I I, I find human behaviour one of the most interesting things of all time. Oh, I sometimes sometimes just sit back with a coffee or a beverage, perhaps, and just watch people, and it never it never ceases to amuse me, shall we say? Yeah, what will they do now? Yeah, yeah. I always use the example of going to a going to a domestic airport, and you've got the people who've set out the queuing system perfectly. And you, you can watch within five minutes, there's these clowns that start lifting things, throwing bags over, throwing kids over to say five seconds. And you yeah. go, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> That's why those control measures are so effective, isn't it? You know, the PPE and the admin, because they rely on people. All right. You studied a diploma, got a diploma in safety in Australia, is that correct? That's right, yeah. And you did your TAE as well. Let's talk diploma. Useful or not, do you reckon? Not. Okay, tell us why. You can't just say that. (laughs) I, like, one thing I would say about, oh, lads, I'm just going to massively generalise now. So if you get the shits with me, like, sorry. But I definitely find the good thing about when I was working in Australia is is, uh, people companies are really willing to give you a go and really be like, oh, you have experience that is valuable. Mm-hmm. So we'll bring you on and we'll train you up and we'll we'll get you qualified if you need whatever. Whereas here they're very like, I'm sorry, where's your four year four year degree? If you don't have that, I don't want to know. But I had done the diploma in safety and in Australia and it was like this online thing. And also it was one of those things, you know that we don't have this here, but the EFIS, like end of financial year sale, oh, get your yeah. $2.99. Mm. I was like, Grant, take my money. Like, okay, that's really cheap. And I can have a diploma in five days. Like, you know, so maybe that was just the training provider I went with, but there was a lot of them. Uh, mm. So there's a lot of those kind of training providers around at the time. And uh, yeah, and it was basically from memory, a bit of a case study about Piper Alpha. And oh. that was it. I know, and, and, I know who your trading provider is then. I, oh, shit. <laughs> that's all right. It wasn't me, so that's the main thing. <laughs> but like two, like two weeks later, I'm standing on a farm work deck 17 stories high on George Street in Sydney going, I'm your safety officer. Like, it's fucking bananas. Now, obviously, I wasn't left off on my own. I had two senior guys over me, but I don't recall anything other going, I learned in the diploma, like, oh, so there's a safety committee. Okay. And that's our safety committee. Right. Tick. But other than that, like it's now, I suppose those, the diplomas are kind of broad strokes and they're fairly high level stuff. When you get into a job, you're like, oh, I'm not prepared. Mm, (laughs) That's mm. how I felt anyway. No, that's good. That's good. All right. The TAA requirement to train over here. Um, Mm -hmm. Any value in, in that, you reckon? Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's value in it. Definitely. I prop now I, I did have a very good training provider when I did the TA. There was probably and to be, there was probably more work in it than I thought there was going to be. I was like, mm. right, let's go and get this tick the box. And then your man was like, so this is your homework. I was like, sorry, what? But, <laughs> it's like, mm. but, but um, prepared after the diploma. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like def- definitely, I think the whole learning about assessment criteria, um, getting to have an understanding of literacy and numeracy especially in the construction Mm -hmm. industry was really important so that kind of thing 
the whole knowing how to use the like the training packages yeah which was a bit of i don't i don't remember a lot about it but i remember it being a bit of a head fuck um, but we don't have that here. We don't have that kind of a setup. So I do, I like that, how that's fairly rigorous. I'm not sure if it had much to do with like learning science or anything like that from memory, but I think with any quantification or any course, if you can do it and take one thing away from it, it's worth doing. Mm. So. True, true. All right. <sighs> You've been involved in safety now in Australia and in Ireland. Obviously different mm -hmm. levels of experience from when you were here and there. If you were to reflect back, which country would you say perhaps treats safety more seriously? Australia is definitely streets ahead in, I want to say in some aspects, probably in all aspects. Ireland has, has a long way to go. Now we have some, and again, I'm kind of fairly construction specific on this, but I'm like we have some tier ones that are probably leading the way. But then when I say leading the way, they're very command, control, behavior-based safety, all that kind of jazz. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, whereas I think Australia, obviously, look, you have the fucking monopoly on all the academics, so they're all down there doing all that. Mm -hmm. So that's great. But I definitely found, again, you have the tier one companies leading the way. And it's like, oh, we're so good at safety. But the minute you step outside of that, you go out into the suburbs and God only knows what could be going on, you know, and you'd have, we'll say the unions would be very strong on safety over there, mm -hmm. depending on the site, yeah. depending on who's running the site, depending on what they'll get out of knocking on that door. Like, so it's a bit, you know, I remember one day being on a site and we had union come in. Well, we've had welfare concerns. We're coming in to have a look. It's like, right, fine. And there was like a puddle on the access when they're like, you're not providing dry access. And I was like, is this a fucking joke? I just drove in from Western Sydney. God only knows what I saw going on out there on some of the sites that you should be out there. That's where the regulator needs to be going. That's where the union should be banging down the doors. But they're not. So I think fairly advanced in the easy to see places and probably where the money is, like anywhere. It's where, where the budgets are. Yep. Safety's good. And where it isn't the smaller fish, the smaller companies don't have the resources or or the experience so I, I don't think it's a straight comparison of mm. Australia is better than Ireland I think there mm. are bright spots in both and huge areas to, for improvement in both and I think that's probably the case across all countries where we think oh yeah we're great at safety it's like because everyone's wearing hard hats and glasses like because you've got PPE compliance does not mean <laughs> you know that you're really good at safety no no not at all all right a couple of questions just out of the blue safety often gets bundled together with human resources or with quality or with the environment mm -hmm. what's your opinion it's, is it is it something that is compatible with those other i don't know components job roles whatever you want to call them or is it something that should be a standard? I, I don't think, uh, like you think like safety and quality, I don't think that they should necessarily be standalone functions, but as in for the person holding that role, the HSQE add whatever fucking other letter you want to add to it to make yep. this one person do all these things, I think is bananas. Yep. Like I've been a check manager, HSQ. I saw one a couple of weeks, 
couple of weeks ago and it was like a quench manager. I was like, stop this madness. Like, what the <laughs> hell? What? And I think, what? I can't even remember what the U was for. But yeah, a quench manager. And I think it does get diluted. Like, it's you can have a general broad strokes knowledge of things, but to, to be really masterful in what you're doing, I personally like to, to specialize. Mm. Like, I like... I have been uh, like that, a HSEQ manager. And the E in the Q is a bit like, well, I don't really have a qualification in this. But hey, lads, don't pour shit down the drains. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and other than that, I'm like, mm, not great. I'll Google some stuff. Yeah, I just think it's kind of bananas. And quality as well. Like the quality is, again, depending on the industry you're in, like you could have quality. We're like, okay, are we talking about what, is that a class one finish on the concrete you've done there? And we need to do <laughs> like, what is, what are we talking about? You know? So I, I think, I don't know how effective a person can be when it's split across them all. And I know personally for me, when I had them under my remit, it, it made me uneasy because I didn't feel confident because I knew I wasn't competent in those areas. Mm. And that's not to say to be a manager of something that you have to know it inside out. You just need to make sure that it's getting done or that you have a team that can, can do those things. But definitely in smaller outfits, you don't have teams those sizes. You have one person who's responsible for it all. So I think it's kind of bananas. Yeah, like yeah. It's, it's... Does it what, do you, what do you think? Do you think it's... I think... It... Well, I can't say now. What do you think? Because I've just given you my whole thing and like, don't disagree with me. All right. <laughs> no, I, look, <laughs> I think it sets the person up to fail. That's yeah. my personal belief. I think I think if you if you want a jack of all trades and master than none you know might as well go and get someone who's got zero skills and that and just you know give them the t-shirt or the badge and just say off you go because you get what you get i mean mm. if you're doing it to save money by not having two positions yeah seriously you get what you get yeah. you, all right, psychosocial, it's all the rage over here, psychosocial risks. Been around forever mm. as long as I can remember. I don't think bullying and harassment, anything to do with mental health is actually a new thing, but apparently it's, a, it's, it's, it's new to some people. A psychosocial risks, in your opinion, best managed by human resources, safety, both, or something else? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I... I don't, I definitely don't think it should sit solely with, with safety, just because you stick the label hazard or risk onto it. You go, oh, safety are able to do that. But saying that, I don't know. Like, yes, they, they've always been around, but I suppose it's just that more awareness of people now where you go, well, as we actually need to give a shit about this and you need to address it, like you still have a duty of care to sort, like mm. within, I suppose, within your remit of your. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Business to, to do what you can do to not make somebody's mental health worse. But I also don't know <clears throat> what HR professionals are learning about about this stuff today either. I don't know if it's included in, in their qualifications uh, and what can be included. So I don't think safety professionals are equipped or best placed for it. And there are things like, there are certain things that are just good management that will help, right? So you can have your HSE management standards. So your clarity, autonomy, workload, all that stuff. And to me, that does fall under HR. Mm-hmm. And that's and not only HR, that's just generally like being a good manager. That's not a, I'm not saying that's a HR function to manage those things. That's just being a good manager. But also, I think we know that most people aren't good managers. There are more bad managers than good managers. I'm going to say bad managers. I mean, t- probably people who were technically good at their role and got promoted up. And next thing you're like, oh, shit, being a manager is totally different to actually what I was doing before. Yeah. And I'm not equipped. And that's when you then get the issues with clarity, autonomy, workload, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it comes to bullying, harassment, all that kind of thing, I do think it's a HR function to manage. Um, I think if your safety person is really effective, they're going to know what's happening yeah. and they'll be able to maybe be involved or influence or whatever. But no, just the fact that it says risk or hazard, do not shove that shit onto us, please. That yeah. would be my stance on it. Yeah, I don't think... A, a diploma or a certificate for in safety actually equips anyone to manage mental health no but even like mental health first aid Mm. like and that's a whole other conversation as well but like some of those courses are are good but then it's you're kind of left with like it's a very big thing Mm. and then think people think they're pseudo counselors whatever it's like you are not you are a signpost that is it like your signpost cam all the way down send people to people who can help them but yeah all right we'll, we'll stay with that theme oh, Jesus. What, what's their opinion of resilience training for staff oh fuck Jesus <laughs> Tom, i knew i'd get now. that reaction you are gonna be pissed off at me now like no i don't want fucking resilience training i don't want yoga and yogurt at lunchtime I want you to fucking manage your business properly. Like I want, and it just goes back to role clarity, autonomy, workloads, manage your shit. Don't, don't teach me how to be resilient. Sort out your mess so that I don't have to be resilient to come to work. That's not what I need to be. Like, Stop madness. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. Like you can do it as a cherry on top. If you've got all your other shit together, if yeah. you've been doing the work and improving improving work for your employees and then you want to add that on top as a perk great but don't be like it's are you okay day let's have a muffin and some resilience training fuck all the way off <laughs> like no oh dear that's refreshing Sorry. i gotta say i'm i'm fairly old school so i used to get told good things like grow a spine grow something else take a teaspoon <laughs> cement all those wonderful things that obviously yeah. improved my mental health. So I'm sure yeah. resilience training is just the newer form of that in a nicer, a politically correct way. 
right? Mm. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Because obviously the problem is the person. It's not the underlying organisation or systems. Oh, no. Tom, we know it's always the person is the problem. <laughs> if, we, if we just keep sacking them, everything will be okay, okay right? Just next. <laughs> Sorted. They don't make them like they used to anymore. We used they don't, to have Tom. them in this mould. Kids uh, these days. <laughs> oh, you're sounding like me. Don't be like that. <laughs> All right. What's the toughest gig you've had so far in safety? And don't have to mention names, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, no, that would be ideal to just go slagging off companies <laughs> internationally. Yeah. Toughest gig. I think uh, they've all had their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. They've all had their ups and downs, but probably any of the ones where the directors were not on board are probably the toughest ones. I definitely had one where I was hired and then it was like given a list of addresses. Head off out there now and go meet all the all the site managers. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just go on my own then and just like not introduced, not going to give them that backing. And it was really awkward, really difficult uh, to kind of get them on board then because I just appeared one day on their site on my own going, hey, I'm your new safety manager. And they were like, sorry, what? So yeah, that one probably, I would say, wasn't set up for success from the outset. And then, <clears throat> but probably the one... Most challenging would have I I dabbled in pharma for a while and Jesus, like they're they're hard work. Like they are they don't want people to work. They just want it like they are the epitome of let's use safety to stop people working. I'm like, I'm sorry, did you want to make your drugs that make you millions or do you not want to make your drugs that make you millions? Because okay, the lads are down in in the office there spending three hours getting permits filled out before they can go up and do their work. This is Bananaramas. Like, this is insanity personified. How you think any of this is helping or creating safe outcomes is beyond me. And I ended, yeah, I ended up, like, flipping out one day. And, uh, like, at the client, I just could I just, I'm sure you're aware, I find it hard to, like, restrain myself. I, I wasn't and, aware uh, of that at all. Were you not? Did you not get that far? <laughs> But, and it was like a work and hide issue. And and this person was there and they were like, oh, they must have these kinds of lanyards. And I was like, no, like, look where they are. Like those lanyards are like, they need to have this kind of lanyard. That's why they're wearing those kind of, like I had the chat with the lads. These are the lanyards we picked. This is what they're doing. Change them. Our, our procedure says X. And I was like, fucking no. And I got hauled up and going, at least their procedure says whatever. I'm like, their procedure is wrong. Like, I don't, like, I'm not, the lads are not changing the lanyards. This is what they're using stop the job if you want to stop the job and they're like well we can't there's a vessel coming in i was like i know so fucking leave them do what they're doing and i think it was about a week after oh also i got asked by somebody on the client side to change a an incident report that i had written they're like you need to kind of change that a bit now and i was like i fucking quit this place is insane Mm. so yeah and I had heard a lot of stories of similar things in the pharmaceutical environment. Again, not saying they're all the same. Don't shoot me, but I just wouldn't go back. That's all. Yeah. All right. I'm going gonna to ask you a little question or two about some things that I see in safety. And just about your honest opinion. Hmm. Okay. First one, take fives. Nope. 
that's that's, that's a very quiet. No. But that's all right. All the curly ones, Tom. I'll, I'll, I'll keep going. We'll move past take fives. Do, is this is this like a quick fire round? Where yes. Yes. So yes. take fives. No. Okay. Vehicle checklists. Yes. But they're usually like defunct. So yes, when they're when they're done properly and effectively, which is fucking rarely. So okay. JSAs, JHAs. <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You, you 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 are given the two options here. Okay. Risk assessment matrix. Oh, no. <laughs> I think this is a fun game. I'm just learning, <laughs> getting you to say no. Root cause analysis. Yes. When it's done properly and effectively, I don't care what fucking bow tied fish bone, I can't, whatever. I don't care how you get there. But if you get to human error, you better be well able to fucking explain. And you better be like really well able. If you're going to fire Bob over your root cause analysis, then you better be really sure that the next person isn't going to make the same or have the same type of event that you've really sorted out and ripped that root cause out of there. So Yeah. I always think with these things, perhaps we should get George from Seinfeld to be doing the investigations. <laughs> You could just see him. Another one gone. Gone. Why can't these people just do the job properly? Why can't they just follow the rules, Tom? <laughs> oh, dear. All right. I think we might leave the quick fire around there because I, I was too busy laughing, to be honest. <laughs> All right. Is safety in Ireland heading the right direction? How's that, in your opinion? I hope so. There are definitely some people that I can see are really wanting to make a change and really wanting, not even make a change, but I suppose just improve things. And like when I say improve things, it's not even like we've a lot of companies, I suppose, that don't have in-house safety, like anywhere, don't have in-house safety, but don't even have the basics down. They don't have normal like normal documentation, policies, procedures in place, let alone, let's talk about your culture. Like it's not for a lot of places, they just wouldn't be there. But every so often you see some bright spots, people popping their head up, talking about that kind of interesting thing and, and wanting to drive, wanting to drive it on. I don't think we have a great network of safety people in Ireland. We kind of definitely relied on IOSH, which is like UK, relied on them for kind of their networking and chapters and stuff like that. So. Yeah, that probably needs to improve. And then also, I think the, the quality of what we're teaching safety professionals here could seriously improve. Like on, a couple of years ago, I did, or last year, I finished it, a higher diploma in workplace health and safety here. And like it was a two-year course and it was, there was one exceptional lecturer on there and the rest were shocking. Like it was... <laughs> It was death by PowerPoint and and again, really old, old science, old theories that like some still stand, but the ones that don't, you try and interrogate them. And it was like, 
not it was did not go down well. Mm. So yeah, I I would be concerned about what we're teaching people and like and it is the kind of basic stuff there isn't stuff in there about critical thinking there isn't stuff in there about empathy there isn't stuff in there about relationships it is really kind of your your bog standard legislation stuff Mm -hmm. um the quality of what we're teaching them is then bleeding into the organizations they work in so i don't know i don't know how i don't know how we can change it but it's the other thing is though there is still a lot of and I kind of see this in in LinkedIn, like there's a lot of young people getting into safety here now. Mm-hmm. So like the, the course numbers are high. There's a lot of young people going in. They're just coming out with really old school thinking. They're coming out wanting to be police officers. So mm. that's that's a problem. You're still getting taught the rubbish about Swiss cheese, Heinrich's pyramids and all that rubbish. Yeah. And like which had its place at its at the time, like, you know, but it's we've things have moved on and. And so we need to move on with it. Mm, true, true. I still have students come through who start quoting me that stuff and you go, that's about 30 yeah. years old, dude. We, we've <laughs> we left that a long time behind. I know yeah. you may have heard of it somewhere in a dusty old book by granddad, but, you know. But, these, but this dusty old book is still on the curriculum in University College Cork. So, mm. but then yeah. who's in, ter- like, yeah, anyway, I could just, that's another one I could go off on. Now, this is a, a great opportunity for you to step up and actually you know, lead the way and perhaps replace See, the dusty old thinking, people. Do you know what just popped into my head? I was, shit, here I am giving out and then somebody's going to go, well, that's the solution. Why don't you do something about it? I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, we all, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But as we get older, and you're not certainly in that category, but... As we get older, we certainly do, I believe, have a responsibility to, uh, you know, change things for the better and leave behind a better legacy for those who come after us. Yeah. Um, so hmm, I'm not trying to push you in any way, but hey, hey, yeah, just hey, mm, hey yeah. <laughs> All right. If there's one thing you could change about the safety industry, just one thing, completely change, what would it be and why? For every safety professional to have and understand empathy. That's it. Like, it would change how we speak to each other, how we understand other people's experiences. It would take the blinkers off. And that's not just empathy for the front line. It's empathy for leaders, which I do struggle with sometimes. I'm like, fuck you guys. But I have to understand as well that they have a difficult job to do to keep everything going that's going and wage bills and all that stuff. But I think empathy is, I think it's the key. Mm-hmm. You're not suggesting sound. You're not suggesting the heresy that the profession actually is about relationship building and maintaining those relationships, <laughs> are you? It's, you know, I could be saying that, Tom. That's what I think <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, I learned the hard way. I'm, I'm an introvert by nature, so it, for me, it was like, oh, I really have to talk to people. Are, are you kidding me? Come Ugh, on, people. <laughs> Here's the law instead. Can't I just hit them with it or something? <laughs> Apparently we've not. All, we've all been there. <laughs> all right. Uh, any any plans to leave lovely Ireland and return to the the wonderful country that is Australia? Not. 
Well, I never say never. I don't think on a permanent base basis. I am an Australian citizen. I'm an Aussie mate. Yeah, I can um, tell. So, <laughs> I can tell. So, yeah, look, I have the passport, so I'll definitely be back for a visit sometime for sure. But as for moving permanently, I would say no. Ireland is, um, it's not perfect. We have our problems, but it's, uh, it's home. So, yeah. Good, good, good. And you love the weather there, apparently, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was, where was, I think I was in, I was in Darwin, right? And we were we were kind of doing a last kind of trip around Oz before we moved home. And we got chatting to this this English girl and she wasn't there. She was only there like four or five weeks. She was like, oh, I'm homesick. I think I'm going to go home. I was like, you've only just landed. Like, there's loads. You'll, you'll love it. And she's like, do you know what I miss about England? Like, you, ne- you just never know what the weather is going to be every morning. Whereas here, it's like, it's going to be sunny. She's like, it's not very exciting. I was like, wow, you're the first person I've heard complain about consistent sunshine and not having to wonder what am I going to wear today (laughs) all right Elisa it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I appreciate your honesty and your unfiltered honesty it's a it's a rare characteristic I wish more people would be like you but for now we're going to have to leave it there so thanks very much and I look forward to speaking to you again soon thanks a million for having me on Thanks for listening to Health and Safety Conversations with Tom Bourne. Until next time, stay safe and enjoy the rest of your week. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.